E-N. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It has been a whirlwind type of a trading week. And we know we've got a lot of factors that are outside market influences, but a report next week. We've talked a little bit this week about the inflationary d- discussions, how much that's taking a toll. But what about the indecisions that have been going on in the market? We're going to dive into that with Brian Split. Brian is with agmarket.net. And I think you hit the nail on the head as you and I were talking before this program. Indecisions in the markets. I think that in itself kind of sums up the feel of this week's trade. It does, Susan. I think, uh, you know, early in the week we had uh, the market try to rally. We we saw corn kind of revisit the high from the quarterly stock report that we ended September with. We couldn't get through that high. And, and by the way, the 100-day moving average is also right there. So then, uh, you know, without getting through that high, uh, later in the week, and this was yesterday, we came right back down and rechecked that report day low. So that low was 527 and a quarter. We made a low yesterday at 27 and a half. We couldn't get through the report low, and then we started to bounce again. Um, so this market's really just kind of stuck in, in, in that report day range for corn. And um, I think, you know, as we get into the report next week, we'll see how the USDA uh, integrates the data from the quarterly stock report into the balance sheet. Um, so we do know that the the stocks for both corn and soybeans uh, as of September 1 were a little bit higher than we thought they were going to be, more materially for beans than corn. Um, so that will be carried into the balance sheet next week. And then we'll be looking for some yield adjustments as well. Um, and so uh, I think there's participants in the market that believe that maybe corn yield could go up a little bit. There's participants that believe it might come down a little bit after being raised last month. Uh, but I think in general, there's a pretty good consensus that the soybean yield will likely go higher next week, and, and that'll add to the carryout. And and that's the one that concerns me because when you look at where the USDA put the the new crop soybean carryout in September at 185 million bushels, uh, the number that we're using with a, a little bit of an increase in, in yield by 0.9 bushels per acre plus how we feel the, the quarterly stock data will be integrated into the balance sheet. We're looking at carryout nearly doubling to uh, 364 million bushels is the number that we're looking at. So uh, we've been you know really um, aggressive in trying to advise producers on uh, getting things done for next year's soybean marketing and getting a good head start there. Well, there's been a lot of talk uh, of the of these bean numbers coming off the combine a lot bigger and surprising some when they thought maybe this crop wasn't going to be as as stellar as initially thought. So is that going to add more pressure as we not only go into this report, but we continue with harvest? So it, it could add pressure uh, in a couple different ways. The, the first way would be what we just talked about, where the balance sheet changes because of these yield numbers. And so... Uh, if we see the USDA revise yield higher, that is going to make the balance sheet uh, grow, uh, and so that can add pressure. But also I think you're seeing a lot of producers that are that are finding out their bean yields are better than they thought, and I think we continue to see selling late in the session as producers price those bushels out of the field. And, and today might be a very good example of that where Early in the session last night, uh, China's back from holiday. We saw some strong buying. Energies were higher. Uh, soybeans uh, were, were 20 cents higher overnight than where we had finished the day session. And I think after, after about 11 o'clock, we really started to see pressure come into the soybeans as uh, hedge pressure or, or 
marketing pressure came into the into the uh, the futures market, and I think you had a lot of producers that were either coming in and, and buying puts or just pricing their soybeans or selling the board, uh, and I think we saw that on the new crop soybeans for next year as well, with with values trading up to about twelve sixty five and then settling the day below twelve fifty. What are some of you guys' expectations for this report next week? Uh, okay, so we'll look at beans first because we already briefly talked about that. But again, we're we're increasing our our expectations of yield from where the USDA was last month by 0.9 bushels per acre. So that would move it to 51.5 bushels per acre, um, and so that would then take your your carry out to 364 million bushels. Um, again, the USDA on, on the September WASDE report was at 185 million bushels. So uh, not only when you look at the extra bushels, but then the percentage increase. Again, we're, we're increasing the potential carryout month to month by nearly 100%. Um, so I think that's very important uh, to be mindful of. And if that does come to fruition, um, I would expect that you're going to continue to see pressure on soybeans. As far as corn goes, uh, we are dropping the yield ever so slightly by about 0.35 bushels per acre from the last USDA estimate. Um, and so that's going to have the, the carryout number for us uh, at about a, a 1.353. Uh, so down very slightly from where the, uh, the USDA was last month. But we also have to uh, increase the, the beginning stocks from last month. So uh, very, very slight reduction in carryout. I don't think it'd, it'd be very material um, as, as far as the balance sheet and how the trade would react to it. But uh, I think right now the, the, the market that has the, the biggest shot of seeing a, a, a very material change on the balance sheet would be the soybeans. And, and this data, again, will be released at uh, 11 o'clock Central Time on Tuesday. Which is going to make for an interesting market trade, I think, on Monday, even Sunday night, as we prep for this report. Yes, uh, and so there are producers out there that have their soybeans hedged, and um, and so depending on who they deliver to, some producers have the ability to get the previous day's settlement when they sell cash uh, up to you know nine thirty or ten o'clock in the morning, and so that's something I've talked to some of my producers about that have hedges on is hey, if, if we wake up Monday morning or Tuesday morning leading into this report and beans are down 10 or 15 cents, this is a really good opportunity for us to lift our hedge and take that extra 10 or 15 cents and then price the beans at, at the previous day's settlement. Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue with the second part of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directly. RBM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Brian Split. He's with agmarket.net. In the first half, we were talking a lot about what's going to happen with this report on Tuesday and some of the indecisions we've seen within the markets. But having said that, We've got a market that's got a lot of fingers in the pot, shall we say, with some outside market influences. And, Brian, I don't think that's going to ease up anytime soon. 
No, it's not. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is providing a, a little bit of an invisible hand under both corn and soybeans uh, is, is the energy market. And so when you look at November soybeans, for example, we had some really major lows that were made back in June. And if, if the listeners can recall, that was about mid-June when we uh, were, were hearing those rumors of the biofuel mandate being changed. And soybeans were down about a dollar that day. Uh, that ended up being the low for the month and, and also for the quarter. And we spent all of the third quarter of the year holding that low. Uh, so it wasn't until recently, uh, and, and actually it was October 1st, um, that we saw this get retest that low. And then the coming out of that weekend, we ended up taking out those lows. And, and normally, I think in, in an instance like that, you'd have seen a little bit more aggressive selling uh, on a technical breakdown like that. But when you have crude oil uh, doing what it's doing, and, and here we saw crude oil trade above $80 a barrel uh, on, on the front month, and that's November. And this is the first time that we've traded over 80 since November of 2014 when um, on Thanksgiving Day, OPEC said, hey, we're going to uh, provide uh, uh, more supply to the market. And, and crude, the price of crude oil fell precipitously. So um, I, I think it's going to be difficult if this energy market continues to go higher for soybeans to come under a ton of pressure, even if the yields do get better. Um, because you're going to have a component of the, the soy complex, which is bean oil, continue to find support. So you got palm oil uh, at highs. you got this bean oil market, um, you know, was up this morning, and then it did turn around with the, uh, the weakness in soybeans and came off the highs. But in general, uh, in a big-picture sense, for both soybeans and corn uh, being able to be used uh, for energy purposes, if we continue to see crude oil get through 80, if we keep, if we get heating oil above $2.50, if we get unleaded gasoline above $2.40 uh, on these, on these big picture charts, that's going to continue to support the, the agricultural commodities. What about the appetite? China is now off of holiday as of today. What about their appetite? Well, so it's apparent that uh, they're going to have to come in and, and continue to buy soybeans. Uh, they they need to buy soybeans every day, frankly, in order to meet their their goals for how much they need to import for the year. Uh, so the question is, do they buy it from the U.S.? Um, does Brazil have soybeans uh, really to be able to export prior to their new crop harvest? And um, then you look at the price of, of soy meal. And so... Um, when you look at crush margins have been negative for a while in China and, and they're just starting to turn positive again, um, do the Chinese come in and, and buy soybeans and, and crush them to make the meal and the oil? Uh, or do they just simply come in here and, and buy soy meal? Um, when you think about where soy meal values were, and, and this is when we really made the lows um, back after you know COVID had happened in that April to uh, May, June, August uh, you know time frame back in 2020, we were bottoming out meal values around 280 to 290 a ton, and you look at spot meal on the board right now, and we're below 320. Uh, so when you think about how cheap meal is compared to the price of soybeans, I got to think that at some point this meal market's going to start to uh, to find a, a bid under it, uh, assuming that the soybean market doesn't drop uh, aggressively from here. Uh, but I, I think this meal market could potentially be one of the bigger picture undervalued markets out there. Influence of the dollar? Do you see that taking so, a toll? Uh, 
Yeah, so right now, um, the, the dollar has been strong compared to where we've been, let's say, earlier in the year. But I, I think if you're trying to look at the dollar and say, okay, um, the, the Chinese were buying very aggressively last year. And if we just go back to where the dollar index had settled at the end of September a year ago, right when China was just full bore buying everything they could get their hands on, the settlement price on the dollar index was 93.92 at the, right at the end of September. Uh, so when we look at the dollar index right now at 94.07, uh, that is a very, very small um, change year over year. And actually today's low was 93.92. So for all intents and purposes, the dollar is exactly where it was a year ago. Even though it is higher than where we were maybe back in June or July, uh, I don't think that there's been a material change in the dollar to say that that's having an impact uh, on, on our exports right now. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Susan, they can reach me directly at 815-665-0463. Uh, you can talk to anybody on the agmarket.net team at 844-4AG-MARKET, so 844-424-6758. And uh, check us out online at www.agmarket.net. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.